Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Matthew 26, verses 47 through 56. This is Thursday of Holy Week. We're going to see Jesus betrayed and arrested. In yesterday's text, we saw him pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. Before that, they celebrated what we now know as the Lord's Supper. Let's continue with the narrative in verse 47. While he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and elders of the people. So there's a detail here that jumped out at me. Matthew made sure to indicate that Judas was one of the twelve, almost as if to underscore the severity of this betrayal. This wasn't some outsider. This was an insider who turned on Jesus, and we have some idea of how that all unfolded based on previous texts that we've covered. It also points out that this is quite a big group of people, some with swords, some with clubs, and they're from the chief priests and elders of the people. Verse 48, now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one I kiss is the man, seize him. So this isn't anything strange. Back then, it was customary for you to greet a friend with a kiss, but this is a kiss or a greeting that will have significant, significant impact. Verse 49, and he came up to Jesus at once and said, greetings, rabbi, and he kissed him. Jesus said to him, friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Now, Matthew doesn't give us names or details, but in the book of John, this account is retold. Some details are added that aren't included in this. We know that it was Peter who did this, and the name of the servant of the high priest was a guy named Malchus. We also know that Jesus supernaturally healed his ear immediately, but that's not in this text. We'll get to that when we get to the book of John. Verse 52, then Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Some people have used this verse out of context to suggest that Jesus wants all of his followers to be pacifists. And I don't want to make that the focus of this text, but suffice it to say that it's pretty shaky ground to suggest that because of this one verse, Christians in all circumstances and for all time are called to be pacifists. There are a lot of other texts in scripture that might suggest otherwise. You can study those on your own. Jesus continues in verse 53 after telling Peter to put his sword back. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? A legion is a military unit of 6,000 soldiers. 12 legions would be 72. 2,000 angels. I don't think Jesus literally means 72,000 angels, but he's saying, don't you think that if I appealed to my father, he would send gobs and gobs of angels to put this thing to rest right away? Verse 54, but how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day, I sat in the temple teaching and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. So that last sentence reminds us of what Jesus just said a few texts ago where he predicted that once the shepherd was struck, the sheep would scatter. The disciples have scattered. And it's no surprise that verses 54 through 56, which reference Old Testament prophecies, which these New Testament accounts are fulfilling. You remember that Matthew's main audience is Jewish people. And he's trying to point them back to the Old Testament and connect the dots so that they will see that Jesus is the Messiah. 
Messiah, the one who was foretold, and these events that were foretold are happening right before them. Even Jesus himself says that basically the reason this is all going down the way that it's going down is so that prophecies and scriptures could be fulfilled, which would cause people to believe the truth about who he is. He says, you could have arrested me when I sat in the temple, but you didn't do that. And the reason you didn't do that is because there were prophecies about how I would be arrested that needed to be fulfilled, and that's why it's going the way it's going instead of the way that it could have gone. Likewise, the reason that I'm not appealing to my father to send 12 legions of angels is because if that were to take place, it would divert me from the path that God determined his redemptive plan should follow. So this was all predetermined. It's been choreographed and planned from long, long ago, and these disciples in Matthew's account are just seeing it unfold before them according to the way that it was planned to go. So I've always thought of these events as the most evil events that have ever taken place in the history of humanity. This isn't merely an injustice done against a guy who didn't deserve the punishment that he received. This is God in the flesh who knew no sin becoming sin for us as scripture says so that through his death, his payment of the penalty for sin and his resurrection and our faith in his death and resurrection personally, we could receive the righteousness of God. I don't mean to suggest that this redemptive plan is evil. I just mean that the means by which it was accomplished, there's nothing worse or more unjust that has been done ever. And Jesus makes it clear that it could be stopped by his father, but that he and his father are in agreement that this is the way it has to go. I wonder if we can draw any encouragement from this during the times that our lives are hard. I know many people facing various challenges in their lives today. Health challenges, relationship challenges, not being fulfilled with where their life is at challenges. And I believe just like God knew what Jesus was going through and God could stop what Jesus was going through, he knows what we're going through and he could stop what we're going through, but that's not the plan that he has for our lives. We're not to Good Friday yet in the text, that'll be tomorrow, but how did the day where the most evil and unjust and atrocious act that has ever been committed come to be known as Good Friday? Well, that's simple. The answer is because we can now see 2,000 years later and we can now understand what was unable to be seen or understood on that day when it happened. Could it be that God is at work in our lives now, even through our hardest struggles, to bring about something very, very good that we will only be able to see and understand as such when we're further down the road, or if not in this life, on the other side of eternity. Next time you find yourself in the middle of a hardship and you're wondering, God, why don't you do something to stop this? Remember Jesus in this text. Be encouraged by his submission to God's plan, difficult and painful as it was, trusting that God is at work to bring good out of your situation as well. Have a good day. The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, share with a friend, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, which is aired on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions to shape our lives. 
the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they're bringing all three together to honor God and bless our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. That's thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight two ministry partners. First is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos and schedule events are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for their 101st annual conference from Saturday, July 30th through Saturday, August 6th in 2022. Second, if you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.